Okay, three, two, one, it's down. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Ohio gozaimasu! Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries, thoughts on news of the day, or something completely different. And this is something completely different. We're going to go over a TV show. We are going to discuss Cowboy Bebop, the famed anime series. Yeah, that's that's the plan. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Abe, what do you think? I'm, I'm pretty excited for it, and uh, we're going to get some background as to why we're doing this pretty mm-hmm. soon here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited because, uh, you know, it's always good to chat with friends, and also uh, I'm always down to, to talk about Cowboy Bebop. All right, well, joining us to discuss Cowboy Bebop, we have from Geeks of Doom, most things get better when he kicks them. It's Michael Lee. Hello there. Just don't leave things in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us from Nerd Reactor, putting together a special plate of bell peppers and beef, it's Mark Paces. That's my specialty. I don't know how to cook anything else, but I know how to cook bell peppers with beef without the beef. <laughs> good good to go. I mean, you know, at this rate, everyone's going to become a vegetarian too, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm ahead of the curb. Well, yeah. <laughs> How are you two doing this evening? Doing good. Doing well. Good. Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the deal. We're gonna talk about Cowboy Bebop. Aaron, why did this come about? Well, I believe Michael <laughs> on Twitter uh-huh. noted that he was starting a Cowboy Bebop rewatch. Okay. At that point, I believe Mark jumped in <laughs> to say, "Hey, I just did that also." Uh huh. Yeah. And then I was like, "You know what? I have not watched Cowboy Bebop in a minute." I would like to do that as well. Okay. And so we proceeded to watch all the episodes of Cowboy Bebop, Mike taking sturdiest notes and tweeting them uh, through all his episodes. Uh, But even before that happened, Mike suggested this would be a great episode for the podcast. Yeah, I I remember. You know how I remember this? Because about like like, seven tweets in, Aaron was like, you know who would love this? (laughs) At Walrus Moose. And then like... Eight hours later, there's 32 messages that I've missed. And I'm like, what is going on here? I love this topic, but here's a gif of, uh, I think I put it, of Ed. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I enjoy this topic. And uh, and then I was like, oh, I we're going to talk about it. This is great. And then it continued to go on for like 64 more, 64 more notifications. Because <laughs> it was great. Because <laughs> Mike was doing his updates. Mark was replying, Aaron was adding some replies, and I was like, this is amazing. This is the best thread I've ever been on, on Twitter. And I've been on Twitter for, what, 11 years now? It was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's reality. Now we're now we're here on the podcast to talk about Cowboy Bebop. Uh, the idea here is that we're going to talk about our general thoughts on the show, um, some favorite episodes, the movie, uh, <clears throat> some other ideas as well. So just, yeah, just kind of get an all-around thought going on uh you know things that incorporate cowboy bebop depending on how much fun we have and what kind of time we can make out of this we'll, we'll see if we actually do more in the future in regards yeah. to this subject because there's a lot to get into when it comes to this show um whether it's just focusing in more on certain episodes or doing a commentary on the movie which is also very possible i mean we'll uh <laughs> we, we've definitely discussed we, yeah. plans about that already <laughs> yeah so uh you know a lot a lot of ideas out there but mm-hmm. for now for now, let's uh let's get to let's get to the initial series, Cowboy Bebop, 
Let's do it. Get. Do you know that there are three things that I particularly hate? Really? Kids. Animals and women with attitudes. So tell me, Jet, why do we have all three of them neatly gathered in our ship? <laughs> I'm the black dog. When I bite, I don't let go. You know what they say, cowboy. Easy come, easy go. Look at my eyes, Faye. I'm just watching a bad dream I never wake up from. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Cowboy Bebop, the TV series. Spike Spiegel and Jet Black are a pair of bounty hunters cruising through space looking to get paid. Jet is a former cop. Spike is a former assassin for the mob. During their journey, they develop an unlikely team with Faye Valentine, a fellow bounty hunter and con artist, along with an eccentric young hacker named Edward, and Ayn, a genetically engineered Welsh corgi. Creator Shinichiro Watanabe has taken influence from a number of films, directors, and more, but Cowboy Bebop has often been described by Watanabe as a genre unto itself. Mark, explain how the genre of Cowboy Bebop plays for you, having just revisited the series multiple times. Well, for one thing, it is still one of the coolest anything I've ever seen in my life. Because it's one of those TV shows that exudes cool through the music, through the characters, through the stories. I mean, it's just one of those perfect, not just anime, but TV shows for me because I love every single aspect of it. I I told you guys during this whole quarantine alone, I rewatched, well, rewatched it um, three times. Yeah. And it still holds up after all these years of not watching it during the uh, before the quarantine and i'm like wow this is still amazing it's it's one of those genre bending shows that incorporates a lot of genres i think that's what's awesome about it is that it's not just one thing it's a whole it's a whole like amalgam of so many different things together and it just ended up being really 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 awesome for sure. Michael, tell us what's uh what what are your general thoughts on Cowboy Bebop the series? I think it's one of the greatest animes out there. It's also one of the most influential. It has you know, it draws inspiration from things like Blade Runner and all classic westerns and film noir. And then it helped things like there are other other you know, sci fi shows now. And what I think what I like about most of it is it it was able to tackle on like you know, I guess I don't want to say I, I, I guess it is taboo subjects back in 1998. There was, you know, you never really heard much about homosexuality or transgenderism. And it just talked about that, you know, or not really talked about it, but it just inserted those subjects into each episode so effortlessly. And there are some aspects of it, like how we consume news media all of a sudden back then and um, or how we consume it now, but how it, it was able to address it so early on, like it was ahead of its time sort of thing. And um, also the music, like Mark said, it just, that's what got me interested in do like choreography and cues and everything like that, like that. It just married so well, all the action, you know, it would match up with like hit of the drum or, you know, anything like that. It just, it was just so, so cool just back then and I was so amazed by it by watching it early on and watching it now it's just like wow it really did some bold and daring things like 
no other TV show would it was able to do that. So yeah, great. Um, I'll go. I using the word cool is very much the way to go when it comes to describing Cowboy Bebop. There's just so much. <laughs> there's there's so much effort putting into making it just feel like you're part of something amazing while you're watching it. Like the I often describe the the opening like the introduction of the show, which is just this you know wonderful jazz beat as like you get you get that and then there's still like 20 more minutes of the show and you're like this is like <laughs> i already have this yeah. and there's more to come with it like that's it it's such a great like it's such a great feeling to just start an episode of cowboy bebop because of just how much it, it throws you into things and you're just excited to see more of this and what it does with that is throw everything at you given the type of episode some episodes are more focused on noir some are focused more on comedy some are focused on the action some are westerns or samurai film like it it does everything it needs to to kind of capture so many different kinds of styles and what have you while delivering like multiple characters that fit a certain type but still like develop over time over the course of the series and it's really fun to like learn about them see their interactions together enjoy how they go about the plotting of the show is like as loosely as it wants to be, or as dedicated to some kind of narrative through line. It wants to be like, it has a lot to work with on that level. And it's all connected by jazz essentially, like which makes right. it all the more cool. <laughs> it's like, if the, you know, in addition to having all these pieces, you're stringing it together. Thanks to wonderful music throughout the series. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a fantastic watch. I've seen, yeah, I've also seen it like several times because, it's one season and it's awesome. Like, wow, well, it's, there's every time you revisit it, it's like, it didn't get less awesome. You just keep appreciating how awesome it is. <laughs> so. Yeah. Can you imagine if like, if you kept watching it and it became less awesome, you're just like, ah. you turn yeah, into the squeaky boys really team from tattered. the Simpsons. Yeah. That's what happens. I get yeah, it. It's like, why are they so poor all the time? <laughs> Abe, what are your thoughts on Cowboy Bebop? Cowboy Bebop to me is um, it was actually like a happen happenstance, happen chance. It was a chance occurrence for me to meet it. Um, and what I mean by this is that you passed it on the uh, street when it got out of a cab, and you were getting the same cab, and it was like, oh my exactly. god, I can't believe it. Yeah, it was a Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> sliding doors thing. Um, but no, what what I mean by that is um, I am kind of particular about anime, and because I grew up watching anime. Uh, my older brother would bring stuff back from college because he had cable. Um, surprise, we didn't have cable Ooh. growing up. Sorry, guys. Uh, but um, no, we we would watch stuff like Ranma, and I would I would get into Ranma, and then you know we watch stuff like Vampire Hunter D. And so I've always uh, uh, acclimated to really a certain type of drawing of anime. Like this is a time in which I was watching like, or not even I was watching, but but people were watching Naruto and whatever. So I was like, I just can't get into this. Like. I don't like this drawing style. I don't like how the episode's like 20 minutes long and nothing really happens. But that's yeah. kind of like DBZ style too, where it's like, he's going to charge up for the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, somebody that I knew was like, hey, you should watch Cowboy Bebop. And I was like, what is that? Like, it's an anime. Just give it a shot. And and here it was like years later after he had come out and I, I gave it a go. And I was like, this is pretty cool, guys. Um, and what I like about it is that it's, there's a lot of gray area with these characters. Uh, Aaron, you had mentioned that that Spike is a former hit guy, hitman. I don't know why I said hit guy, uh, a hitman. And and Jet is like this cop that has like a mechanical arm, and you know they they do all these like fun runs that are that are uh, what you call it, bounty hunting. But you know, are they good guys? Not necessarily, but are they bad guys? 
no, not really. So it became one of those things where as I kept watching it, I was really involved with these characters. And you mentioned it right there, Aaron. This is a one season uh, series. Like there's nothing else after this, which is kind of unheard of for a lot of Japanese anime. It's like, (laughs) how many anime series do you like? I think that One Piece was supposed to stop after like year 10 or something. And it was still so popular. They're just like, let's keep going. And like, I've never seen One Piece, but you know, people say it's one of the best animes ever. I just haven't seen it. So my, 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 I guess my, uh, my summary with Cowboy View Up is that it was a chance meeting, a chance occurrence. And I'm really happy that I, I did get to meet these characters and go on this journey with them. Cause however brief that it is, it's 26 episodes. They're only like 22 minutes each. It, there's so much depth in everything. Like I, I feel like I know these characters very, very well, and I'm saddened by some things that happen throughout it. But yeah, that's uh, that's Cowboy View Up for me. Well, Abe, you've talked about where basically how you were able to come to the show. I want to hear everybody else where you know where they were first introduced to Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Mark, let's start with you. When when did you first get into it, Cowboy Bebop? Like what what brought you to it? Uh, randomly by watching, I think. Was it on Toonami or Adult Swim? I keep on getting confused on which one Adult Swim. was on. Yeah, I okay. like it was Adult yeah. Swim. Yeah. yeah, I was just watching something else, and then all of a sudden Cowboy Bebop came on. I'm like, what's this? And then I started watching it, like U-Wave, and I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. And right. this is, I, I don't know what this is. I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know what episode I showed up on, but I was hooked from the get-go just by watching that first episode mm-hmm. it was an episode of dexter's laboratory that displayed a commercial for cowboy bebop during it mike how about you what what first how did you first get into cowboy bebop uh i remember my mom and dad they they weren't um fans of like anime but i was so they took me to this um I don't want to say it's a convention. It was like a place where they just, or an event where they just showed uh, the pilot episode. So I saw like hmm. the pilot episode for Gundam Wing, and then I saw Cowboy Bebop, and I've never heard of it. I, I, I you know, this was just completely new to me. And once I saw it, I'm just like, wow, that was like the most amazing like 22 minutes uh, of my life I've ever seen. And I knew I wanted to see more. Um, but like Abe, I didn't really have cable back then. So it was like, oh my gosh, I can't see it. And then uh, I would go to like my friend's place all the time and he would watch it on, uh, he would VHS it basically. So we wanted to watch wow. all the VHS stuff. Michael, yeah. please explain to the audience what a VHS is. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, I don't think many people even remember what that is. <laughs> Oh, do, you guys remember, do you guys remember the VCR type where you had to push the eject and it would open See, up from the, the good, top? Hey, the good thing you're asking this question is if people watch Cowboy Bebop, they'll get a lesson on what VHS and beta is. This is true. <laughs> yes, one, of, one of my yes, favorite episodes that we're going to talk about later. Yes. Aaron, what about you? Still what was picking. your intro to Cowboy Bebop? So I came into it backwards. Um, I actually saw the movie first. I did not know there was a TV show. I was with uh, my, my, my friend Drew, among others. Um, and it was, it was 2003 cause that's when it hit America mm-hmm. and 
I can't remember if it was like a birthday or it's just some, something got us all together and it was like, we're going to go see Cowboy Bebop the movie. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And all right, so we're going to go. So we went over. It was playing at the, the University Theater by UCI. We went to, that's a specific joke. Yeah, not a joke, but that's a specific reference. And, um, yep, I know that theater very well. Yeah, because that's the kind of theater we would play in in our in my area. Um, <laughs> and we went and I watched the Cowboy Bebop the movie, which we'll talk about more later. And I was so like I know I like I don't have much anime experience like up to that point. And again, this is 2003. Like I never I I had like Little Nemo on um v on VHS, <laughs> and I like I was a big Speed Racer fan. But outside of that, like I never saw like Totoro, which it seems like every other kid grew up with. Um, there, there's I just was kind of out of the anime frame beyond knowing hey this exists and it wasn't it wasn't a thing. So watching Cowboy Bebop was like. Okay, so I'm going. I'm going to go see an anime movie. So I watched this movie, and it was incredible. I was just like, nice. I, I haven't seen something like this before, as far as this super kinetic animated film that has jazz music and is made seemingly for adults because it wasn't like a, you know it's not a kids animated film. So yeah. just like yeah. everything about this, and it's referencing a bunch of stuff that I could recognize as far as like the martial arts films, the noir aspects. Uh, just the basic plotting of the thing, bounty hunters, like all of that stuff and like various references to other genres. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this was amazing. And this is Cowboy Bebop. The mo- that means there's more of this. And <laughs> you're now, in luck. Yeah, now you I... fell into the right, the right kind of uh, thing. Exactly. Now at that point, it wasn't just easy to be like, let me just get onto YouTube or whatever right. and find a bunch of Cowboy Bebop. So like, well, I there just... was, there was like no Crunchyroll.com or anything. Exactly. Like this is like, you had to torrent these videos. And to like, you yeah, have to have is either... something that we, mm-hmm. we don't condone. But nope. And you'd have nope. to either yeah, have a means yeah. of downloading but something. But it's the only way to access it. So you'd, yeah. have, you'd have yeah. to have a means of, and this is 2003 again, so it's not like you can just easily download a bunch of stuff. Right. Or you'd have to like pay exuberant amounts of money to buy VHSs or DVDs of it. So I didn't actually yeah. see the series until like, until college, like three years into, yeah, because. Tall Ken, Tall Ken, friend of the show. He's a huge fan of Cowboy Bebop. He had the the DVDs, which at that time nice. he paid a lot of money for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For separately as well, because you couldn't just buy the whole series together. Right. Um, so I was finally able to see the rest of the show, and it's like, yeah, this is all awesome. Like all, all right. of this works. <laughs> all, yeah. all of we're, this. We're gonna get great. to like the impact of it later for sure. But uh, I want to ask you guys. Uh, uh, Mark, we'll start with you. What, was, what were like some of the animes that you actually were into growing up and then also prior to uh, Cowboy Bebop? Like most people, you know, in America at the time, during growing up in the 90s, there was two animes that you could recognize. The boys mostly went for Dragon Ball Z, which <laughs> was my yeah. first anime. And then the girls were Sailor Moon. Right, right. And prior to that, the rest of the anime that I would watch were thanks to my cousins, anime movies that you probably shouldn't show to a young kid. Like, <gasps> I mean, I guess, I guess Akira. Well, no, oh, not, okay. not, not that. Oh, not okay. That. I thought we were going to. Because, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, like Ninja Scroll is. Yes. Yeah. Ninja Scroll is very violent. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 That's 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 something you shouldn't show to a kid whatsoever. And I saw it probably when I was like nine or ten. Right. Yeah, yeah. They also showed me um, Akira, which was still to this day like one of my all-time favorite anime movies of all yeah. time. 
they show me um the original ghost in the shell nice. which is yeah. up there too but in terms of like anime shows it was just all dragon ball z and cowboy bebop was my gateway to anime shows in general because oh, if wow. it wasn't for cowboy bebop i wouldn't be introduced to you know um neon genesis i wouldn't be introduced to gundam oh, yeah. i wouldn't be introduced yeah. to um initial d i wouldn't be introduced to i know you don't like it but you know naruto and bleach as well so that was cowboy bebop was my yeah. gateway to yeah. all things anime because i never knew that anime shows could be this cool and I was like, okay, you know what? Let me see what else you know I can find on yeah. you know random torrent sites, which we still do not condone to this very day. I mean, I, yeah. I watched Speed Racer, so I knew it could be that cool, but I mean, I just didn't have access <laughs> and the knowledge to know what yeah. to look for. A monkey mechanic? Come on, <laughs> he's a chimp. Yeah. But what about you, Mike? Uh, what kind of stuff were you watching? Kind of like what Mark said about Dragon Ball Z and everything, like that. That was like my gateway. Um, and this was like eighth grade going to high school. But then, um, after that, when I was like a freshman in high school, one of my uh, friends would have like all these VHS tapes, going back to VHS. But um, <laughs> he would have all these things like, um, actually, after, before this, it was uh, Ronin Warriors. And it was right. really hard to find that um, particular anime because it was like on a, on a channel that was so hard to find. But it's just like, okay, if it's there, it's there. And it was on at an odd hour, like at 5.30 in the morning for some reason. And I would just somehow get up at that morning and wow. watch it. And like, oh, wow, this is so awesome. Um, I just love the whole idea of like these sam- like colorful samurai uh, suits of armor um, with these like elemental attacks chasing all these crazy villains, um, facing giant monster samurais and everything like that. And I thought that was really cool. And back then I didn't really care for the the stories or anything like that. I was just so into the visuals and everything like that. So, um, but going on to my high school years and then I started discovering things like Yu Yu Hakusho, um, which was like really dark for me back then because it, <laughs> it was handing like demons and death and everything like, wow, this is pretty weird. I've yeah. never seen this before. It doesn't really compare to like a Dragon Ball Z or anything like that. Um, but yeah, and then during that time also was like Pokemon craze, I guess. And there's like, oh, there's yeah, no other right. enemy else. Oh, there was yeah. no other enemy to watch. So right. that was like, oh, that was kind of, it's kind of fun. So yeah. lighthearted and everything like that. But yeah, those are the kind of enemies. Um, and now it's just like not not as much anymore, I guess. It's just more of the like Full Metal. And I keep rewatching Full Metal. Yeah. So yeah. Because like you said, alluded to it, some of these things just take too long to conclude and it's like come on just finish yeah. you don't need to charge up for 20 minutes and i'm, I'm right. half I mean, again. I, yeah <laughs> so, I, again mark I, I don't hate on on naruto because i do find it entertaining from time to time but yeah, those like is. those filler episodes are just like this oh. is this is a little bit much <laughs> but anyhow yeah those aaron you're, you're just into a uh uh go speed go huh uh, at that point yeah i would yeah. i mean the the my, you know, going into anime comes from Cowboy Bebop. Essentially, that's that's right. what spurred me on to seek out more of yeah. this. Uh, that was that was your red pill. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> it, 
<laughs> it led me to you know watching more. I never watched too many series just because that's a whole commitment thing. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. But no, I certainly found lots of the you know the features and everything. And I and I I told you I like recently I just finished like watching all of the the um. Ayo Miyazaki films. I had seen yeah. half of them, the later half of them. I had seen uh, what Spirit, Spirited Away and Beyond, no, Mononoke and Beyond. Um, yeah. So I I watched all the original, you know, the first ones he did for the first time, in addition to right. rewatching the new free free Totoro. Yeah, based, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, huge fan there. Um, but yeah, as far as just everything else that's come along, as far as like major features that you know you mentioned, like Ghost in the Shell. Uh, Perfect Blue, uh, Perfect neon, Blue. the uh, the Neon Genesis like the movie I've I've seen some of the episodes of of uh or not Neon Genesis Neon, neon uh, Evangelion Evangelion what did I say yeah, yeah Evangelion <laughs> I five Michael um yeah I've seen the um the movies like the remastered right. movies the, the yeah um yeah but yeah so I, I mean it all just yeah we was a, was a way to open the door as far as how I can kind of see more of this and go yeah seek it out more as opposed to uh, being somewhat picky about it i do i do love that everyone has like a different like starting point but it, it's cool that it like converges like we're converging here now and then it just gets better so we're gonna like we'll talk about it uh, coming up here but no that, that was great to hear guys you want to talk more about the show yes let us talk more about right. this show so let's get into let's get into the uh kind of like the next topic here which are some of our favorite episodes we mentioned that this is only one season, it's 26 episodes. Uh, Aaron, um, what are two or three of your favorite episodes? I'm going to go with what I want here. So I wrote these down. <laughs> there are so many. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. I, Aaron. Well, I think, it, it, I think yeah. it helps a bit to talk about like what the show does. Because I do, like I've mentioned, it does like yes. go into different areas, right? As far as being, an, it can be action oriented or it can be more comedic or right. it can be more focused on noir or just like the basic plot of it. And so the three episodes I chose are ones that I think go through like all different aspects of the series. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the first one I'll bring up is, is uh, Pierre LeFou, um, which it's very striking because it takes a, it takes a turn for the series where the majority of the series is like Spike and Jet and the gang, they go to some planet and they try to find a bounty. Um, Sometimes it's more funny. Sometimes not. This is like a, a horror episode of Cowboy Bebop. Right. Um, it's mm. it's got a lot of like Batman the animated series inspiration for it, mainly because yeah. part of the animation team did work on that show, and it shows because you you put up Spike, who's this wonderful character that can basically fight off anything and does it with ease. He's put to the test in this episode, and he gets a big challenge through with this big giant villain character that has this maniacal laugh, mm-hmm. and <laughs> It's uh, and he keeps on calling Spike boy, and it mm-hmm. freaks me out. And it does, and it, but it's like stylistically, the show takes like a, a really dark tone, but you also yeah. get this neat mystery about what this thing is that's going after him. Uh, the music takes on some different layers that are abnormal for the series. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like all the things about that one, I've always stood out for me. It also sticks out because yeah. that's the first episode I've seen of the series. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. That's it was what I was like trying. I was trying to find it, and right. I had I was like, oh, this, so this is just like an episode of this is just an episode now as opposed to watching the movie. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so wow, this is really cool. I, I look forward to seeing all of this in an order, which I eventually did. Um, but yeah, so it, that one's always stuck out to me for both being yeah. just an excellent episode of Cowboy Bebop as well as being a really 
I mean, the show already it has other unique episodes, but it's certainly one that stands out. Just I mean, you know, <laughs> from what it's doing as far right. as kind of entering into it, a different kind of atmosphere. Is this on any of your lists too, Michael or Mark? Mm-hmm. You want, yeah, you want to chat about real quick? On, it's on both no, yours. It's, it's, it's on all of ours. It's on, it's on my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Mark. He said it. Yeah. <laughs> it remi- it re- it honestly reminds me of Mask of the Phantasm, yeah. especially that climactic yeah. battle between Batman and the Joker at the theme park. Mm-hmm. They battle at a theme park with a guy that has a maniacal laugh like the Joker, and yeah. that just gave me so many like Mask of the Phantasm phantasm vibes that it just struck with me like oh my god this is awesome this is and like you said it's totally different than the other ones i mean they did the horror episode prior to that with um toys in the attic which Which, which is more that's horror comedy right that one that's it's like this (laughs) one this one's straight dark (laughs) like yeah yeah like that episode's TV fourteen. Uh-huh. This episode's TV MA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right, and I think that's why it's one of my, it's it's up there with one of my favorite episodes. I mean, yeah. whatever we say here, there is no wrong answer. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. also we're not that kind of podcast. It's like, gotcha, Michael. <laughs> you're the odd man out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. since. Aaron picked that. I was gonna choose another episode to be a part of my uh, top, but, but it's a yeah. part of it now. Yeah, it's recorded. Yeah, Mark. it is. It is now. No, but it it is, now. it's also on my list. And one of the things that I would say about it, Aaron, this is why it's kind of surprising that that you said that it was the first one you watched. Is like if somebody were to ask me, "Hey, which Cowboy Bebop episode should I watch?" I'd probably say this one. And the reason why is because it's a standalone episode. Like, there's nothing else about it. Like, literally, Spike is introduced to this. There's a lot of standalone just, episodes, though. This is true, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like, this is one where it's, like, uh, A, I like the action in it. It's an action-heavy episode. Like, a lot of dynamic drawing that you have to do because Spike has to, like, navigate this guy because he's so quick. And he's, like, a you know, he shoots things out of his – he's, like, the penguin, too. Um, yeah, he's, like, the he's, penguin and the Joker and, like, some veins thrown in there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, Jason Bourne yeah, because he was, like, you know – made in a lab but uh but beyond that i i like this because it's it has like a weird element of like what aaron said there's a horror element here and i just it, it actually makes me uneasy whenever i watch some of this stuff because it's takes place at night it's like this guy seemingly is is um death proof but um he's yeah actually, like he's a boogeyman he comes yeah, out he yeah. kills people he can't be killed he comes out of nowhere a lot like he's, he's right. a boogeyman yeah i mean he's Baba Yaga. And wick i don't know <laughs> but there there's certainly a lot of elements of this episode that i just really enjoy for its its themes but again i i just like how action heavy it is because you're introduced right away to people dying uh and then Spike has to do do all this like cool shit to get out of the way. But yeah, ultimately he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna stand up for this guy, and uh, we'll, we'll go and uh, go to this amusement park and do it. But I, I do like this episode a lot. It's probably the one that I've seen the most. Not to go um, too far off topic, but I, yeah. I will say like if you if someone was to ask me what's the episode to start with with Cowboy Bebop, I'd honestly say the first episode. Like I feel like that one does yeah. everything the show yeah. wants to do. Like it's as far true. as it has it's action, really it has the jazz. The it, whole series, honestly. It, it yeah. tells a story yeah. that's that's contained to itself, like, and it's and it's the first episode, so it's not like also you're jumping a bummer ahead. story. Yeah, it's it's a good pilot. It also, 
it also introduces um, the very first scene, I think, Spike and Vicious, which sets up future episodes it, it in sets Jupiter up the, Jazz. Yeah, yeah for it sets so up that there's arcs. something going on that we're not... Right. Yeah. It, like it, yeah. Yeah, it sets up, yeah, exactly. It sets up an arc. Right. Michael, what about you? What's one of your uh, favorite episodes here? So one of my favorite episodes, and uh, I mentioned it on this, on that Twitter that we were talking about, but it's yeah. uh, Shum Samba. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just this wacky, fun episode that just completely deviates from whatever path that uh, Cabo Bebop was taking. It's just because of these psychedelic mushrooms that Spike, Faye, and um, Jet, Jet take and eat, and, and it's just so much fun. <laughs> Um, because it's an ed, it's an ed adventure basically. Um, yes, yeah, an adventure. Ed, uh, <laughs> that's the uh, for this episode, Aaron. <laughs> but yeah, this adventure or, or session, um, right? I'm writing it down. Uh, going on this <laughs> unusual like trip, like that you know she wouldn't that normal no normal uh, bounty hunter would take. She just goes all along this um, strange path, does her does their own thing basically and doesn't really care she's just so oblivious to how things are normally done in this bounty hunting world and she she manages to catch him but you know it's just like oh there's mushrooms and she doesn't even know what which one to pick do you want the mushrooms do you want the, <laughs> do you want the money she doesn't even care she's like i'm just i don't know she yeah she just says i don't know or whatever um but also uh, speaking of the psychedelic mushrooms you get to see um, what effect they have on Ed and uh, not Ed on, but on Spike, Jet, and Faye. Right. And it's just it's, <laughs> that whole animation sequence of like Faye with the toilet overflowing because <laughs> it just rose above her somehow. And you can see the fish that's like like swim by her or Spike walking up, you know, the stairway to heaven, so to speak, um, with the frog telling him that that is the stairway to heaven. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Jed having a full-on conversation with the bonsai trees. It, it just so. And I didn't know at the time when I first watched it, but there was like hints of black exploitation in there, and oh, like. For sure. oh. so, mm-hmm. And then I watched it later on. It's like, oh my gosh, so cool to watch that. But yeah, that's one of the episodes. You have Ed interacting with with Coffee Shaft and 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 Django <laughs> yeah. all things from Spaghetti Western. Yeah. Uh, it's like. <laughs> What's this? I watched it again, and they're like, oh my god, that's like you said, coffee dangle. Yeah. Is this on anybody else's list? Mushroom Samba. Me. Mark. Yeah, we're we're knocking yep. it down. Mark, what are your thoughts on Mushroom Samba? What do you like it so much? <laughs> because it's an Ed episode. Ed is one of my. Well, I mean, Spike and Ed are. Well, no. <laughs> All of them are my favorite episodes, but there are not a lot of. Ed centric episodes yeah. and the fact yeah. that this is all about Ed and Ed's um, like craziness is on full display it's just hilarious like the fact that you know she doesn't know you know she doesn't have any money so even though she sees like the watermelon there she's like I don't have any money <laughs> and then for some reason she gets into I forgot the reason but she gets into the car into the truck and then all of a sudden, like when the cops pull her over, they open, and then there's Ed and I just like completely knocked out. And they're like, hey, freeze. And 
the woman is, you know, just like, hey, wait a minute. I don't know who these kids are. I don't know what they're doing there. And as Ed and I just like slips out and it's just, I don't know. It's just, there's so many hilarious moments in that episode that that and one of my other favorite episodes is like one of my fun favorite episodes of all time, just because of how hilarious it is. Mm-hmm. I know there's like, you know, people have their favorites for because of the horror element or because of the action element or because it introduces the Spike and Vicious saga, which, you know, but my favorite ones are just all the comedic ones, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Nice. That's well, how I feel about um, Wild Horses, actually, because that's one of my other favorite ones as well. Is that is on your list? That's on my list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Wild that's Horses. A, it's, a, it's another, like, self-contained episode, but it, it, it just goes back into like the overlooked character which is like all the ships that everybody flies in this mm-hmm. um short you, you know swordfish has a history now um it used to be a racer that turned to like a fighting machine and it involves space pirates come on well, it's not a love mm-hmm. man about that so space pirates and a uh, purple penguin <laughs> <laughs> everybody does love space pirates <laughs> it's a good it's a good spike episode as far as not letting him just kind of like ease his way through it like he actually gets to like have some interactions with pe- people he has a kind of connection to like it's a that's a that's a good episode that's a yeah solid. yeah his uh his carefree attitude is also on full display there he's like whatever happens happens you know he's about to die and he he really doesn't care in yeah. that phase of death but like as opposed to like vicious who he's, he's like actually scared of or not really as scared, but just like he sees as a threat. He doesn't see crashing in, onto Earth as much of a threat as vicious, basically. Yeah. Mark, yeah, we've talked about a, there's a really good amount of hate there. <laughs> there's we'll talk about the vicious stuff too, I'm sure. Uh, Mark, you, we've touched on two of the three or two of the the four that we've that you've forgotten. Those what would be the other one on your list? Cowboy Funk. Cowboy Funk. Cowboy Andy. Funk, Cowboy yeah. Funk, and <laughs> Cowboy Andy. Andy. That is my all-time favorite episode, just because it's Spike looking at a mirror of himself through Cowboy Andy, and in the middle is Teddy Bomber, who tries to get the attention of both people, but both Spike and Andy are so like fighting with each, um, like at odds with each other that they just completely <laughs> ignore that there's the fact that there's a serial bomber on the loose. Like the very, very last like, third act of the episode where Teddy Bomber is giving this, you know, huge speech about why he's doing this. And then all of a sudden, like Spike is like there and he's not, you know, not paying attention to him. He's just looking for Andy. And once Andy is, you know, there, they're at odds. And Teddy Bomber is like, all right, I've had enough of this, you know, and starts, you know, try to bomb this. And then just to see the interaction between those two is just so, so, so funny to watch. And it's, it's funny to see like Spike see himself in a mirror and just completely hate himself for it. It's one of the best things about a mirror, man. Shows you all the, shows you all the flies. (laughs) Yeah. And Bay says it too, is like, Oh, he hates him because, you know, he's it's like looking in a mirror. He is yeah. Spike. Yeah, Classic so that, Spike think, Spiegel and his ego. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I really dug that episode is because just the hilarious interactions between Andy and Spike. Yeah. 
And he's always on a horse. It's got a and, lot of great. Yeah. I mean, the horse thing, obviously, it's got a lot of great Western elements in there. Yeah. It, it takes yeah. a lot yeah. of. In, the the music takes a lot of Morricone influence, which I enjoy. Uh, just the like whistling and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like the very the very very end where Andy comes back and he's not a cowboy anymore. <laughs> it's, that's the very slap, funny. Slap <laughs> it's just the, his dedication, <laughs> his to, dedication to being whatever he chooses to be at that given time. It's very. Funny. It's a great. It's a great life message. And, and like, I I do want to reemphasize what you said there. It's like none of these are wrong answers. Like there's never like we could basically say all twenty six are our favorites. This is why we. We might expand this. Yeah. Aaron, what's another one on your list? Uh, speak like a child. Speak like a child. Uh, I had a tough time choosing between this and another one, but um, what I like here is that it's not an action episode whatsoever. Um, even like, I mean, it's, I guess you can technically say it's a comic, more like more comedic episodes, but it, I mean, it has this kind of emotional through line going through it because a lot of this episode focuses on Faye, despite mostly being about spike and jet trying to do something for her even if it's a little inadvertent uh, uh, yeah it, it's you know you, ha- you have a character who has all kinds of problems and now she's suddenly getting like mail dropped to her that she can't even like afford to pay for uh <laughs> and it becomes this like little it becomes like this mini mystery of like what is this and it's yeah. a betamax tape and it's like why is it a betamax tape and so it becomes this journey for jet and spike mostly so they can deal with the principle of the postage that's involved with all of this um, to figure out what's going on. And so I, I really like watching that journey as they, you get a, like a bunch of musical montages of them searching for the means to play a Betamax tape. You, you get the bickering between the crew, which is always fun to watch. It's a good episode as far as the ensemble goes. And then it ends with just this wonderful, like emotional note as far right. as, you reveal what's on the. I'm trying not to get too specific on a lot of these because like there's you know people haven't watched the show then it'd be nice for them to discover it. But like it, it ends with this beat where you come, you the viewer come to understand something based off of a backstory that you've learned and you can kind of connect some dots as far as what's going on. And yet the character it involves it doesn't mean anything to them because they don't they they can't process this. And so it's this weird like bittersweet thing. Which comes back later on, and I really enjoyed that episode. Also, yeah. it's in my honorable mentions. It's a hard luck woman. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really good oh, episode yeah. too, as far as the focus mm-hmm. and what it tries to do. Um, but I just I that's one that's like when I think about Cowboy Bebop and I think about like the imagery in it, that final like when you see what's on the tape, that's stuck that's stuck with me. Like that's one of the right. things when I think about the series, I think of it's like that key sequence and just like the reaction characters have and everything. It's uh, it's a good character episode, honestly, as far as just getting again like that dynamic between them and everything and yeah. it's funny and spike is being like a dick to people <laughs> <laughs> it does, it does everything. like he's in, it's like there's they're, they're in like a vintage like shop at one point with all these different like video cassette players and betamax and yeah. like the tape doesn't like work and so he just starts like kicking the crap out of it and it's breaking it and he's like what if i kick things it usually works like it's just like, <laughs> makes perfect sense yeah yeah I do uh, want to add on to that because um, one of my one of the ones on my list here is Hard Luck Woman. Um, it's basically like the continuation of the Faye Valentine videotape. Um, and what I like about it is that Faye is a complex character in that I didn't like her in the first like ten episodes because I'm like she's always trying to con him and she's like is she really a part of them or is she just trying to get a ride? Um, and as the season progresses or as the series progresses. 
and you get to Aaron's episode and you you get like this weird mystery. This is like the 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 full circle of the mystery. And I was really sad. I, there is like a lot of heartbreak in this episode of just yeah. Oh wow, there's much more to this character than I thought. And again, I was surprised by how sad I was because this is an anime show that's on for one season. And I've known this character now for like what, uh, 15, 16 some odd episodes or what have you. And here we are with um with a with a an understanding of how difficult her life has been. And I was just kind of floored. I was like, it, it's like it's like in book six of Harry Potter when I was mad at Snape, and then you learn about <laughs> what Snape has done, and you're like, I've been a fool this whole time. Uh, that's kind of maybe not that emotionally impactful as Harry Potter, but it was one of the situations where I was like, man, I I've completely misjudged this character. I mean, like she has one of like she actually has a, a really fascinating, if not sad storyline. But yeah, Hard Luck Woman is one of the, my favorites because I it's one of those things where I, I try not to go revisit it because I don't want to feel things. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's a great episode Cold and it's, and it's something of it's like the first finale of multiple finales right because yeah. it, it is a dividing moment as far as the bebop crew goes because the, the the last two episodes are almost an epilogue like essentially as far as it just concerns yeah. it concerns one main character as opposed to the whole crew like the hard Luck woman which is again it's another ed episode honestly like, but it's it's it uh it it, it it has a level of finality to it as far as where everybody is by the end of it. And it's tragic in some cases, but it, I mean, it mainly represents a loss of innocence, right? Given what happens. Cause after this episode, things don't get better. <laughs> things, aren't, and... things aren't more fun after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is like, no, I actually no. like how this, uh, we've all, we've all described how all these can sort of <clears throat> interlace um, with the plot lines and stories. And there's a line that Faye says in a later episode, about her findings of what happened in this episode and she's just like this is why i need you guys so you can't leave spike because you know <laughs> it's all it, it's like yeah you guys you guys are definitely like my dudes now and that makes me sad it, it, it was like oh and then you know spike gives her like this cool line but in any case uh harlick woman one of uh one of my alzheimer's mike what's mike the, yeah what's, what's your is it second or third i mentioned two yeah but uh my my third one um, is I have all the honorable mentions. I guess um, the other 23 <laughs> or so. But uh, my third favorite one uh, is the Ballad of Fallen Angels. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah that, that it just covers all the bases in terms of film noir, um, operatic like action sequences, and you know the church shootout. It, it, it all marries well together, basically, and, and the fact that it can fit in 22 minutes, it just, it just amazes me that you can tell so much of the story, um, like as Mark was alluding to about uh, the first few minutes of uh, Asteroid Blues, we really get into the thick of um, What's going the on history Spike. between, yeah. yeah, yeah, with history between Spike and uh, Vicious, and say, who was Vicious before, and you know, and now we know what his ambitions are, what his plans are for the Red Dragons, the, the criminal syndicate, I guess, and how Spike is able to, I guess, see that, you know, or put aside his past relationships for for the, for the bounty. And um, we get to see that he actually um, has this sort of 
friendly relationship despite all that rivalry or tension between say like oh you know i'm going to rescue you if there's something in it for me sort of relationship that they have mm-hmm. it's it, that's part of what makes this show so amazing as far as the characters go it doesn't have to tell you a lot to let you understand who they are it doesn't i mean it does that with yeah. the, the visuals but like an episode like this which is very you know plot heavy and there's only like maybe what like six episodes that are really plot heavy as far as the over the spike yeah, narrative um this uh-huh. one really lets you it lets you in on spike without him having to do all that much it's just more of the choices he's making and you can just put it all together as far as why that matters or what you what you can what you can glean from his character because of the things he's do, choosing to do in addition to being just a cool episode like it the noir you're right, right exactly on the nose as far as the noir element that's very full full force here i mean he's wearing mm-hmm. you know he's got, got a trench coat he's got his guns he's going mm-hmm. after mobsters the lighting and, and everything yeah yeah i mean, yeah. I mean like I mean, watching this for the first time when i did it's like there's so much like Matrix in this. There's so like you can see yeah. so many. It's, it's clearly John Woo influenced. The first episode is very Desperado influenced. Like there's so many directors and people uh. that have like I can see watching the show, which was always impressive to me. But yeah, this episode in particular, you can I can just like see all of the like everything that Watanabe's like look like that he's experienced. He's like I'm gonna put that into the show. And this episode's like a great example of that. And as far as where where others took from him, because Matrix is after this, so it's like. Yeah, I can watch watching the Matrix after I saw Cowboy Bebop and Ghost in the Shell too. It's like, okay, so the Wachowskis just love anime, like literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they, and then they make Speed Racer. Like, oh yeah, they love anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, about yeah, Ballad of Broken. Yeah, that Fallen Angels. That's a it's a spectacular. So that's one. That's yeah. why it's one of mine as well. And I, the the very end of that one too, um, that involves the, a big church shootout and just concludes with this big action moment that's scored to this wonderful song it's so like <laughs> the juxtaposition of the series with music is always pretty great and that's one that again that always sticks out to me as far as like that's such an intriguing choice <laughs> like of how we get yeah. to this point so yeah that's it's just a, it's a fantastic episode mark we've covered all your three we'll get back to you in a second here my my last one that i want to name out is um waltz for venus and oh yeah there's why this mm-hmm. I like this one so much is that mm-hmm. it's it's not so much that it's about Spike or Jet or whatever the case is. It's kind of just like Spike being a cool guy, and then this like nerdy low level thug is like trying to be cool with him, and so it's kind of like this mentor big brother big sister thing. Um, but honestly, the ending kills me <laughs> because it's like like hey, Spike isn't a bad guy. Like there's just so much gray. But at the end of it all, he's a sensitive soul, even though he's got thick skin. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I always, I, I'm always like bummed out when what happens happens to like his buddy. I'm just like, oh, he finally did like the flip, and then oh man, god damn it. Uh, and you know, obviously with with the ending when he goes and visits his sister, it's just, it it, it is like this nice little um, like quiet moment because I like how they don't really take things the way that you traditionally would take things what i mean by that is the sister knew that her brother was like this thug and villain and she even calls out what happens to him and it's, it's kind of just like yep you know no words need to be said and spike's just there just to to give her this like this uh final package which also is like a nice little gesture because what else uh because of what's in it but whilst for venus it's like it's like a fun feel-good episode until it's not 
<laughs> uh, but Aaron, did you have the last one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ballad of Fallen Angels is my last oh, one. I mean, my I can my honorable mentions real quick are just sure. We've we've talked about some of these. We have Hardluck Woman, Cowboy Funk, uh, Toys in the Attic is my other comedy episode of choice <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like it's basically <laughs> like <laughs> that movie oh, i mean that episode is just yeah even for anime it's i guess still a bottle episode because they're all just in the bebop the whole time but uh <laughs> it's fun yeah, we Wolf... mentioned that too we've been stuck here loading in space for this many days <laughs> walter walter <laughs> venus was on there asteroid blues the first episode i just think is a terrific episode and uh, the real, I, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike the second part of the finale, but I do think Real Folk Blues Part One is, I think that's the stronger of the two, and I really like how desperate it makes them in the kind of the moment that they have to do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's a great episode. Mark, did you have runner runners up list? Real Folk Folk Blues Part Two, primarily because the ending of that is perfect. Yeah. The way yeah. that, you know that final line that spike says going to yokokano's blue is just so poetic and just so beautiful and i feel like that is one of the great ways to end a show like that is you know let's do that um i also really liked um black dog serenade the mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah the, the jet black uh you know, the history of Jet Black episode. Right. Um, With his partner? Yeah. Yeah. That a-hole. And pretty much, I mean, I really love any of the Spike and Vicious episodes. Jupiter Jazz, both episodes, Real Folk Blues 1 and 2. Yeah, just all of them. Yeah. Mike, did you also have the entire season as your as your runner up? <laughs> so it, sounds, yeah, it sounds like among all but, of us, but, like but combined, we basically said the entire series. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, the few that stand out. Um, going back to the wild horse theme for a few minutes, uh, for a few seconds, just that thing that um, Miles does at the end. I saw it when I when I rewatched it's like, oh my gosh, what Miles does at the at the, in that photo kinda like took me by surprise and like, oh wow, I, I can see how that was an inspiration for uh another, you know, comic book. I don't want to give it away sort of thing, but for those that rewatch it, just look carefully at that photo, I guess. Mm. But um the few it's other it's... honorable uh the honorable mention is um straight out stress. Just because I like dogs so much. <laughs> that was like the perfect line episode. Um, also, a few callbacks to like Bruce Lee versus um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and then there's the Gateway Shuffle, which is just like a fun, a fun space adventure again, going racing through this gateway of sorts um, and um, some crazy environmentalists <laughs> hoping to. You know, turn the human population into monkeys. It's <laughs> just, just yeah. like absurd, but it's just so fun to watch um, play out. Yeah. <laughs> Monkey well, basically, what we're, what we're recommending to listeners is watch everything. Okay, so let's get yeah, let's get into the movie now. Let's talk about the movie. Great wannabe preacher with a gun. Hey, Spike. There's three of them. I'll go around the back. Put my donut on their tab, would you? Spike! Cowboy scumbag! Wait a minute! CBC's Chris Riley is lying on. It's 
the same story on every channel. The government of Mars has posted a reward of 300 million oolongs. 300 what? All right, that should have been some of the trailer for the movie. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, the movie, knocking on heaven's door. Basically the plot, a terrorist explosion is the first part of a plan to release a virus on the masses on Mars. It's a little timely. Uh, the Bebop crew work <laughs> to catch the criminal at large and take in 300 million Wulong. Yeah, the movie, so as I've yeah, as as i said, I've seen, I saw the movie before I saw the show. Yeah. So coming into it, I'm just like, I don't know what this is. And I walked out of it thinking, I want to know everything more about this because it's fantastic. But yeah, the movie I was really entertained by. Uh, I think it, as literally one who just walked in out of nowhere to see it, it did the job. Like, it gave me these characters. I really enjoyed watching them. I enjoyed the style. Uh, the animation is really good. Um, it came out 2001 originally in Japan, which is, you know, series is 98. One? 2002? 2001 yeah. in Japan is when it came out. It, it came over to America in 2003. So it took some time. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's a, it's a few years after the series had ended. And, like, chronologically, what, it fits in between 22 and 23, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the episodes, because there is, like, a... It's, it's it's basically, like, how far can we go until things are affected enough where we can't say this ep- this movie takes place <laughs> past this anymore? Right, <laughs> um, right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, so it works as kind of... A, it works basically as, you know, a standalone Cowboy Bebop adventure. And, you know, with the context of the show, having, you know, watch it later and then watching the movie... I mean, it stands up. Like, I don't like the movie less. I certainly like episodes of the show more than I like the movie. Um, but it's still, like, it does a good job of, like, giving you what people would want to see on both, like, a fan level and on a I-just-want-to-see-an-anime movie level, right? I think it, it does right. what it can with that. It does It does have the kind of thing where, because it's a movie, the characters are kind of the broadest version of themselves as opposed to delving deeper into like who each of them are because you have to kind of have a familiarity that's not too focused on what the fans think of like spike and jet and Faye. you have to be like okay this is like let's just clear the clear the slate make it like the base version of them uh, but that does you know it's not a huge problem like it just it's a it's, it's a really fun movie in the end like mm-hmm. you know the tv shows four by three it's academy ratio the movie's widescreen and it looks gorgeous like it's such a great looking movie <laughs> yeah you have the whole frame to work with and it's you have these great backgrounds and animate like action sequences there's a great space fighter chase that happens in this. it's just a lot of it but that's me i i, I like it a lot mark <laughs> so, like where you, you, I, you, I assume everyone else had seen the show before they saw the movie at this point am i right I'm right not, yeah yes okay. so like mark would be correct Going going into the movie, what what do you think coming out coming as a fan of the show? I just felt like it was an extended episode. I I never realized until you just said it right now that it actually fit in between episodes. I just thought it was just some sort of like you know random adventure that could have been placed at any point. Well, when all of them are fully together after you know in that time, but I feel like as a standalone movie it does some things that cater to general audiences because that whole beginning scene alone at where spike and jet are trying to capture these like criminals at a convenience store Mm -hmm. that scene alone is great because it gives you a perfect opportunity to see both personality types in that one scene alone because spike is you know nonchalant about the way that he does things then jets you know 
the good guy that, you know, tries to save the old woman. And then Spike just points the gun at the old woman's like, you know what? I don't, I don't care about you. I just want my bounty. <laughs> so it just gives you a good contrast of who these characters are. And, you know, I think that with Vincent, he is, I think Vincent is a great villain. And I think he's just as dangerous of a villain as vicious is because he is the type of person and personality type that's similar to vicious where it's just, you know, I have a goal and I'm going to do it at, mm-hmm. you know, at any cost, no matter what, I don't care who I sacrifice, you know, to get, you know, to my destination. If you're in my way, I'm going to kill you. And that's, basically what vicious is and i think that those similarities i think he's even more dangerous because it took so much out of a spike to just beat vincent that Mm. you know i don't know i mean i'm assuming it's just because it's a movie thing but i think that um the villain it's a worthy adversary for sure Yeah. yeah yeah and yeah i just think that everything together it just fits into like one whole it fits into the world really well, is basically what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mike, how about you? What do you think of the movie? Uh, I thought I, I when I first saw it, I, I was just so excited to see you know more Cowboy Bebop because sure. yeah. at the time when I saw it, it was just already done. I was already finished with it. It's like, oh wow, there's a there's a movie to go with this. Um, and like you, almost all of you guys said, there's just so much to like about it, especially. Um, but for me, I, I like the kinetic uh, energy that it had, especially with the camera work. Um, uh-huh. One particular scene that I like a lot was the uh, cha- um, the trace of uh, uh, the trace sequence when um, Spike and uh, Vincent were shooting it out, and um, that was that was pretty incredible how the camera was moving, and you still got even though all this chaos was going on, you, you got a sense of um, you you never got lost basically you knew what was happening um the camera was moving this way and that way you saw all the guns um not the guns but the bullets were flying and explosions were happening and even even all of that was happening it managed to pace itself really well especially when um Vincent and Spike were finally like and he just faces and they're fighting um that was really well done uh when Spike was going through the whole um, trying to break into the security um, yeah. security uh, place, that was that was a lot of fun too. <laughs> um, and and more to what you said, uh, Aaron, about the music, it just worked so well. Again, going back to the uh, the security sequence, it was just fun to see um, you know do the kind of these Bruce Lee moves um, and just having fun with it, and it just all set against jazz music and I, I never thought it would could work so well and it, and it does the only thing I have with is, is just the overall pacing it feels like it just sometimes it just pulls pulls back too much and it goes forward too fast I think that uh, that has to do with like there's too many writers on this movie at one time because it just feels like um, there was no um, oh, there was no consensus on how should this thing move? Um, 
And it moves really long for an anime movie. I think it's like two hours. It's right? almost two hours, yeah. And it was going to be 90 yeah. minutes. It was going to be 90 minutes originally and one. Now he's like, what if we added 25 more? <laughs> like, that's literally what added. That has a lot to do with it. That's how I feel about right? the, the overall pacing. It's yeah. just that extra padding of 20 minutes. Like, oh, did really need, you know, talking with Mandalo or anything like that? It didn't. It doesn't need that much talking with Mandalo, but yeah. <laughs> overall, I, I like it. You know, you're speaking to something that I, we haven't talked about too much, but, like, as an anime, it doesn't, like, it doesn't go into, like, I don't know, absurdism all that much, or it doesn't go into, you know, it, right. it's a, it's it's presented in a very cinematic way, or a very traditionally yeah. cinematic yeah. way, as far as the, the show doesn't try to, like, other anime, it doesn't go abstract in the way certain anime do. It doesn't make it bad or better or anything, it's just more of that's the chosen style it has, where, like, you could film this in live action, and we'll talk about that a little bit, I guess, later on. Um, but, <laughs> you, like, you could transfer this show over to a actual live action format, and you wouldn't change much as far as the visual style of it, right? Yeah. And I think that, yeah, right. and that's, I think, what helps I think that's them. what Netflix is going for, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's, I think that's what helps the movie out, too, because you already have a show that did that, as far as presenting characters in a you know, environments and things that don't, you know, require things like Dragon Ball Z and going, like, super huge and everything. Like, it, it's just more grounded in its own self, and I think the movie really works with that as yeah. well, as far as giving you a, you know, a big, you know, big space adventure movie that can plausibly be filmed in some way. It just happens to be animated. But, uh, hey, we're, we're, here's a question, actually. I didn't ask this. Going into this, do you, like, do you guys know the plot or like a basic of the movie based on and not to spoil we're not going to spoil like how the series ends but like are you thinking this is a continuation of where we left off or are you thinking this will just be like a random adventure like did you have yeah. any idea of what you're so, getting into that, that's why uh, random adventure random yeah, I mean, like, like a side step of what's going on yeah yeah, yeah. When, when i first heard about the movie coming out i was i was thinking to myself wait are we going to get more spike spiegel and and the series is going to continue um but then as you watch it you're like this is not possible. Uh, how is this possible hmm. kind of thing? And then you realize that, well, it's got to be a play on time, you know? Um, so like what, what I mentioned, it, it's like between episode 22 and 23. Yeah. The, the like, one, the way you know that is because big shots, right? The bounty hunter show, like that's the way that's the, it's weird. Yeah. That's, that's the reason you can know this. It's because of how that the, would make for a great quibby show, by the way. <laughs> but it's it's like because big shots exists in the movie that's how you know it has to take place at a certain time in the series. <laughs> still as far as like, the movie goes i i think that aaron you said it right which is the movie's not bad but there are other episodes in the series that are better um yeah. because i i think i agree with everybody here in that it's there are certain elements that i really like about it Mark, you talked about the opening sequence. I love that opening sequence. Just Spike chilling, doing his thing, but he's super cool. Um, and, but as it goes along, yeah, there's like some. It has to draw out this one character villain that we've never met before. Mm -hmm. And because we've never met him before, yes, we see that he's like a, a formidable foe. But also, I have like no real connection to him, like unlike Vicious, where it's like, oh, there's like this huge backstory with Vicious and Julia and whatever the case is, but. I guess for Vincent, you're just like, okay, well, I guess he's the foe. And, you know, at one point when they're on that subway fight and he, like, grabs Spike's chest, I was like, what's going on here? 
Like, does he have, like, vampire claws? Or, like, what's he doing to Spike's chest? But... Kalima! Kalima! That's Coming into this for the first time watching that, I'm like, this guy's a badass. He just grabbed yeah. his chest with one, 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 with one of his banana claws and, like, just twisted it. It's crazy. Right. He's, he's like, crushing Spike's chest with his, like, giant left hand. But beyond that, I, I like the movie enough. I don't think it's... I, I do like the length, the running time of it, like you guys mentioned. It, it usually doesn't happen with animes um, or any, like, animated movie, American or or, or Japanese. Well, but, I mean, Miyazaki has run pretty long. It's true, yeah. But, I mean, you know... Like, beyond, like, is, like, two hours and 15 minutes or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but we just, like, got done talking about Scoob last week, and it was like, that was 90 minutes of nonsense. Um, <laughs> in any case, I, I the movie is is a, a nice little, hey, here's more of your friends. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I I think like some of the elements at the end work a little bit better when they start to piece episodes 24, 25, and 26. I think with like the Native American aspect and like, oh, well, Spike has like some cool shit going on within his life. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the movie. I, I liked some of the, the way that it was more cinematic to some degree. I think, Mike, you were talking about the, the animation style. Um, so it's a little more cinematic. Yeah, the camera they, movement. Yeah. Yeah. They probably have by like default, you make a movie and you and it's in widescreen. All of a sudden, you can like you can play with, like that's I think that's what a lot of what Watanabe wanted to do. It's like, well, I have all of this. Might as well explore that a little bit more. I think you can really see that in the um, Electra Spike fight. Yeah, for sure. Too. Yeah. Where yeah. the scene where Electra finds that Spike is dressed up as janitor, right. and that whole fight scene alone is just amazing i mean things i wish i, I could do with the train too. scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun it's bouncy the music is good and spike is like the way that like you're saying there's like some weird like strange animated parallax with the uh with the with the drawing so it's it's pretty clever yeah, it's like the movie does such a great job of making spike like a character you want to follow like yeah. it's so you can he can be he could be grumpy in the show at times, or it could be just not <laughs> unlikable, but you know, you can see him getting on the nerves of people pretty easily. The the movie makes him Han Solo. Like the movie does like everything it can to make him like charming and fun and like it clearly like good at fighting. Like it's just like all the things you want to see in like a hero a hero character while still being, you know, a scoundrel. Like it, it all, so you know he's not a goody two shoes type of hero. He's the kind of guy's like this guy gets dirty, but like he's yeah. also like super fun to follow along with. Like the movie does a great job with that. Like if anything, no, because it does everything. Like Jet gets stuff to do. Like he gets he does like some cop stuff and gets his own little neo noir stuff as far as finding an old contact and things like that. You get Edward doing Edward stuff. <laughs> you you have like Faye's the most Faye because she's like I just want to get the money and like yeah. <laughs> like who cares about anything else. Okay. And I get sidelined for most of the movie because I'm in a, you know, I'm in an apartment. So like whatever. But it's yeah. Just, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff about. It. Like I was so happy watching it. I was like, yeah, this movie rocks. Like, yeah, really it, it's a nice that. like, it's a nice like call or come back to. Hey, here's more stuff that uh, if you were missing the show because we don't have a season two, and you know, what Nami really doesn't do season twos if you watch the rest of like his other stuff, his other directed yeah. stuff. Space um, Dandy yeah. is the only one. Space Dandy. No, that's the one where he's like, I'm oh. going to get into this more. <laughs> all the other ones are like, whatever. The other ones are all one season. Shampoo is one season. Kids on a Slope is one season. Yeah. Kids on a Slope. 
Yeah. So in any case, yeah, that's the movie. But, you know, just I kind of want to know, like, what the impact of the series has been for you. And we talked about it being somewhat of a gateway for you, Aaron. And then also, I think for some other folks, like it opened you up to more anime series. But, yeah, I mean, what do you guys take away from this series? Where did it take you? What about the director, et cetera? Like whatever else that you guys think about. I mean, Mike, let's start with you. Um, but, yeah, what what are your takeaways from the series? Like how does it affect your life? After rewatching it, like Mark said, I, it still holds up so well. Um, all the, like I was talking about earlier, all the subject matter they were talking, they were able to talk about um, and address and just put in so seamlessly, um, just without, you know, like it doesn't feel for it, all of it feels organic, basically. And that really shows through whatever, however, these, um, the spike and the gang are breaking down the cases. You'll just see, you know, Gaiman or Gren, who happens to be, you know, um, you know, transgender now because of this. It that all of that was so, you know, taboo back then, and and now it's just like, oh wow, they they were able to address that, and just seeing that now, it, it's so incredible how they were able to address that. Um, otherwise, uh, the music, you know, it still holds up well. It, it, it's one of the reasons why I like that. I like that kind of fast-paced jazz. That is, mm-hmm. And it also got me really um, more focused on and interested in uh, narrative storytelling as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, all the Dragon Ball Z stuff. It was just so, you know, lengthy and everything like that. And it, it felt like it was going nowhere, digging its heels in. And that's why I like it so much now, and I always recommend it if they someone needs to watch it right. uh, or wants to start getting into anime. Like, this is the way to go. It's easy, 26 episodes. God, it it covers all tones and genres and so easily. Um, and you'll be surprised by the material that they tackle on. So yeah, that's what I think about um, Cowboy Bebop. And I, I, again, I think that the fact that it's kind of grounded helps as far as if yes. you're trying to get into yeah. anime, yeah. that it doesn't go Even to though, like the extreme yeah. deep end right away. It, it it lets you watch people that could feasibly exist. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. these people are flawed characters, right? Uh-huh. So yeah. And even though it takes place in a futuristic setting, you still feel like some sort of connection. Jed has this scarred past, but he has this, you know, connection to, or he has this code, I guess, of doing things on an old-fashioned way, like a um, like an old detective would. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they're, they're all very human. Like that's a that's a big thing about it. Like the show, it's about lonely people who fail a lot. Like and that right. and that yeah. makes it that <laughs> makes that makes it weirdly <laughs> appealing. It, it makes it weird because you're yeah. like, these are people I can actually connect to, not because I necessarily am a failure or because I'm lonely. No, I mean, but I, I'm I can a just, space I can, cowboy. I can rec- yeah, I am a space cowboy, obviously. But I can <laughs> I can recognize what these things are as opposed to being like I'm a, you know, I'm a supercharged person that can go turbo and fly. Yeah. Instead, you're just like, no, these are yeah. these are like folks. <laughs> these are yeah. these are real folks. Blues. Uh, they they're standing there, and I can I can relate to what causes they're going through. Sure. Yeah. Mark, what about you? What what's the series uh, meant to you? How do you move forward with it? I'm still trying to move forward with it because nice. still to this day, I haven't watched anything nearly as cool as this show has been. Mm-hmm. Others have tried, and I know that the creators of the Netflix show are going to do their best to try and maybe recreate some of the coolness, but it's just a perfect storm of everything. Everything that you consider cool is in this show. And, you know, 
like I said, I watched this three times during quarantine, some in the background, some episodes I just like have to like, you know, stop work for a moment just to watch, you know, certain scenes, but everything just holds up so well. And like what you were saying, Mike, like with um, being so progressive in the way that it displays yeah. like all these like topics, I never really thought of that until you mentioned it because, you know, no. it just became, it was so normal. It's a testament to, you know, how um, timeless, you know, the show is going to be like, sure. yeah, right. Well, 40 years down the line when we're like all old and gray we, we will watch it show it to our kids they show it to their kids and they're still all gonna love it because it will be 2071 right then yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we'll, we'll 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 all be living underground because trump thought it'd be a great idea to nuke the virus but besides that i mean it'll still be oh, fun to watch we the show or we're all gonna be living in guys. space <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll be those three guys talking about the back on the good old days aaron where do you where do you where do you take away from the uh from the series and, and where do you go from it it just made me more excited to see stuff like it. Like Mark says, yeah. there's very, very, very few things that kind of level it out, or like e- find itself on an equal level with the show because it's such a it's it's own it's such a unique thing to itself. It's literally, as Juan Nabi described, a genre unto itself. So it's like, how do you do that again? You don't really. That's why he didn't. Like he made it. He just made other shows. Yeah. Um, but it you know it excites me to like see his name attached to things. I remember like watching the movie, and then like. You know, a month later, Matrix Reloaded comes out, the best Matrix, and the the Animatrix comes out <laughs> later on. I, I, Animatrix, yeah. I, I'm not being sarcastic, yeah. I, but um, but the Animatrix yeah, comes out, um, and like it's like before Revolutions, I think, like it's in that summer, and so like I saw that like, and you have to be thinking the Witch Houses are freaking out too. They're like, we got one nominated anime to do one, two of our shorts for the Animatrix, and it's like like seeing stuff like that where it's like, yeah, let's just see what else you can do. And then also, I can see what other things can come along in this genre that I'm, you know, developing a, a stronger embrace of. And so, there, you know, as far as its impact goes, it's like, it inspired me to want to see more of things like this, or things that also fall in this realm. As well as just, you know, this is in that kind of formative time as far as what I'm thinking about movies, and how I'm, like, looking at things, and how I'm seeing that there's more than just, like, the movie I watch. There's stuff that it's inspired by, and filmmakers that, you know, inspired it. So seeing something like this after I had seen The Matrix and realizing that Matrix had like a lot of inspiration drawing from Cowboy Bebop, and then you look at like John Woo films, even just this year, in the past couple months, I watched a film called Tokyo Drifter from the 60s. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And I can't mm-hmm. not think that that inspired a ton of people, like Terrence, a ton of people I like, including this show. Like I look at Spike Spiegel and I think of the main character in that show because he dresses in a snazzy suit. Play in hums his own jazzy theme song. It's like, <laughs> how, how how have I not seen this movie before? And oh my god, what? Now he clearly took away from this Japanese film called Tokyo. Like it's it's amazing. So it's just its impact is this is just one of many examples of really cool things that I like that inspire me to see the things that they are inspired by to make this cool thing to begin with. And how about you, Abe? The term that comes to mind is classic, um, and you know that's the term that I don't think any of us throw around lightly because you guys watch a ton of films. You guys watch a ton of, uh, consume a ton of media, and you know things that are good in the moment, but also when you reflect back, you think to yourself, um, yeah, I mean, that was better than it was, or or it certainly has moved into like this upper echelon, uh, kind of the way that Roger Ebert has redone some of his movie reviews, right? Um, and so when I think about Cowboy Bebop, I, I think to myself, 
I've always enjoyed the series. And then as it has gone on, it really has become one of the situations where it has reached the, the, the legendary classic status. And it's just that it's so ubiquitous. And what I mean by that is, I think at every Comic Con, you're going to see somebody dress up from as these characters. We talked about the DVDs before, how they were really expensive. And the reason why I never bought them was because there was always like, the definitive edition, the red edition, the blue edition, or whatever it is. I was like, I don't know what these are, but I'm just going to wait for like the best one to come out. And I think I missed out because it was like the one that cost $100 or whatever. Um, now but, there is an awesome Blu-ray set that I have that's... That, that's yeah. Just, I mean, there's not going to... Unless there's a 4K eventually, I suppose, but, you know, it's Maybe. Much better. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how... how, yeah. how better gets with 4k right so well, it, it would I'm, but it's just i don't i don't know when it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah, yeah but as I mean, far as i'm the, one of those i'm one of those idiots that bought three different versions of i i was of going the entire to series yeah. hey man i so bought two dipping is fine. yeah let me just buy all of them at like 54 dollars each i bought a dvd yeah. set and i got the blu-ray set when it came out so. yeah but as far as like it goes i look forward to um Watanabe's works you know, whenever there's anything that comes out with his name attached to it, I'm just like, I'll be able to watch this. But beyond that, it's just that it's a really rewatchable series and you can come back to it because I, I don't know if it was like, well, guys, this is like, you know, lightning in a bottle. Like, we just can't do more of it. But I just like the way that it ends. It has a definitive end, which is very different from like what we discussed, some other animes. And because of that, you are left with this feeling of completion as well as like this feeling of like, well, what do I do now? Because... You know, that last episode, I love the way that the credits roll and it leads to something. And you, you've you expected, like, out of 24 episodes, the same thing to show up at the bottom. And it's just, like, this really, like, feeling of finality. And I, I don't know. I, I, I do love the show for being, for knowing and tempering itself. Or at least, you know, Shinjiro Watanabe for tempering himself and being like, nope, that's it. You know, I'm going to go do some other stuff. But... Yeah, I, I really enjoy this, but it also makes me bummed out because whenever I look at other shows that have come after this, like Attack on Titan or the case, I'm like, yes, I like these shows. They're fun to watch. They're kind of gory, but at the same time, like it just takes such a long time. And and Aaron, and, not you, Aaron Newworth, but Aaron in the show Attack on Titan, tough <laughs> guy to like in the, in the show until like maybe he gets into Titan form. But he's such like a wimp and like uh he's such like a brat. But with all that being said, Cowboy Bebop, yeah, of course you could recreate it as a live action uh, thing because there's no Kame Kamehamehas or there's no like you know nobody needs to like supercharge or whatever the case is. You just need to get a tall guy in a trench coat with like cool ass hair, and that's why I think that there's like this. Well, you guys have all described it. There's a cool factor to the to the uh, show too. So I would always go back and revisit it. I mean, I would tell anybody to go watch. Anyone who's like into anime we should go watch this. And Ranma, because Ranma is just the best. Let's talk about that a little bit, the Cowboy Bebop live action series. So, like, the idea of doing live action for Cowboy Bebop has been around for a while, and Keanu Reeves was attached forever. And, uh -huh. like, Ever. And, like, and presumably he could still do it. <laughs> but the, yeah. but um, Netflix was like, nope, we got the money, as you can see from all of our movies and our massive debt. And um, we're going to put that into <laughs> making a series out of it. And we've cast John Cho, among other people, which is, I mean, it's on hiatus right now, both because John Cho had a serious injury making this show and because we're obviously all in quarantine. Right. Um, but there's going to be a live action Cowboy Bebop series. I hear what you're saying, because I, I brought that up to begin with as far as it's a cinematic anime, so I could see it being rendered in live action. 
I just, you know, I'm in Jeff Goldblum territory. It's like, yeah, you can, but should you? Like, what's, yeah. I, I don't, I, I wish it all the best. I hope I could walk, got on, go on Netflix and be like, this is amazing. At the same time, like, is the will, will this be, will this work? Will this be something I, I need? Like, will this be a, a good iteration of this now? Like, looking at it this way, and I, I don't know. Like, what, what do you guys think, Mike? Are you excited for a live action Cowboy Bebop? series i am on the fence about it um like you said it's just so hard to um of course it's hard to make any any animation thing to go transition to live action but this is cowboy bebop i mean there's no like you were saying there's no other thing like it out there it it just redefines what a genre thing is uh i mean i like the cast the cast is pretty good what i've seen and uh, Christopher Yost is writing it. I mean, he wrote Thor Ragnarok, that's as far as I know, but he also did some an- animation stuff before he did like a lot Avengers, of comics. But, too. He's a big Marvel comic. Yeah, a lot of comic stuff. Yeah. But, um, I, I am still iffy about it because they didn't even add Ein to it until like there was some sort of fan outrage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was this huge fan outrage that there was like no Ein. How do you have no Ein in Cowboy Bebop? And, they finally revealed it through a YouTube video. Like he was a consulting director, quote unquote. And um, yeah, but it's, it's still, for me, it's just, it's so unique. And to replicate that or, you know, at least, you know, put that on to screen in skin, I it's just, I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe that you can mimic it at least. There's, there's nothing like it out there. Mm-hmm. Mark, that's. I am also on the fence about it. I like what Mike said. I like the cast, but the one factor that I'm looking out for in steering this into the way correct um, direction, if they can get Yoko Kano to come back, do the music, then I know that they're taking this really seriously. The music, it was a big part of the show. If they can get her to come back in some sort of, you know, consulting, well, or even do... you're you're in, you're in luck. Yoko, Yoko Kano is going to be doing the music. For she the is series. coming back. Well, the Nave is like a consultant. Yes. He's a consultant on the show. Yeah, yeah, like a kid. yeah. Then I mean, then that's going in the right direction then, because that was like what most of you guys said already. That was one of the key parts of the show sometimes maybe in the best part of the show it's you know the real folk blues is a classic song you know tank is a classic tank. song mm-hmm. so it's going in the right direction then so i'm now more excited than i was like three minutes ago because <laughs> i clearly i had no idea yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i am it's I all am right <laughs> really excited about this now yeah, they I'm just still need on to the cast fence. Ed. They need to cast Ed. They still have uh, not cast. They're Ed gonna yet. they're gonna cast Emma Roberts as Ed. It'll be CG. They need to get Emma Roberts. Yeah, for the way CG, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, gotta, it's gotta be CG. Last... I, I'm I'm really on the fence about it because I'm like with Michael here. It, it's I mean we've all heard about Death Note. We've all heard about the things that go directly to Netflix or Netflix produces. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's great. Um, you know, Stranger Things is an example of something that really took the, the cultural zeitgeist. But as far as like these go, I, 
I'm not sure because like what we just discussed here, how it's impacted our own lives. I just don't want it to be bad. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, hey I mean, man, like understandable. I'm probably not even gonna watch like first run. I'm gonna wait for people to tell me so that I don't have to like impure my my own <laughs> feelings of Cowboy Bebop by being like, cool, yeah, good job, John Cho. I, I respect you as an actor because you went to Berkeley too. But at the same time, like, yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm never gonna watch this. So I'm gonna wait for Mark, Michael, and uh, Aaron to be like, yeah, it's good. Watch it. <laughs> the um. The last thing we should do here, and then we can we can we can call it a day. Yeah, Mark, you, you you brought this up, and this is a good topic. Do you guys watch the series subbed or dubbed? I watched it dubbed. I mean, on Adult Swim, you can adult. leave. <laughs> oh no! Whoa! I mean, I don't get me wrong. I tried watching the sub version, and I just like the English voice actors better. It just I don't know. It just spoke to me more. It just sounded more in tune to what I think these characters sound like than the Japanese voice actors. I tried. I think I got maybe halfway. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I get. I gave it a shot, but you know what? 13 episodes in, and I just, I just like the English voice actors better, which I know is sacrilegious for people who just want their anime pure and just have it also but i mean i grew up you know watching the english dub version that's what i started it off with um yeah. on adult swim so can't go back on it i'm, I'm right there i mean i saw the movie yeah. and it was the dubbed version of the movie but i think what helps is both the movie and the show i can go back and forth depending on what i'm watching that said i generally watch subtitled things but there are in, there are examples, and I think Cowboy Bebop is one of them, and Champloo for that matter. Um, though I think I watch Kids on a Slope uh, subtitle, um, where the, <laughs> the 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 dubs are really good on Cowboy Bebop. I really like the voices. I like that cast. I think they do a good job with the material, and I think especially because it's so I don't want to say like Western, but like as we mentioned, like it's such a the series as opposed to other anime feels so you know grounded in a certain kind of reality where it doesn't like bother you know they're going to different planets they're adults they 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 feel like you know people that could like be real as opposed to exaggerated versions of stuff where because i'm a native english speaker it just fits for me seeing it that way and being like yeah i mean i don't i can watch it subtitled at the same time i just really like what they've done and who they've hired and whatnot that i think it works really well Sure. I feel somewhat similar with like Miyazaki stuff because Disney did it. No matter Lasseter did a great job of wanting to like really respect what he was doing and get a lot of good people to be involved. That's it. I can go either way on those. Pretty easy. It just depends on like how what my mood is if I want to watch it subtitled or dubbed. But no, Cowboy Bebop. I think <laughs> it's like I think Cowboy Bebop is like one of the 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 better examples of what a great dubbed cast can do with something like this. It's it's feels like it was really they did what they needed to do to get the work done to make this play the way the right way. But that's, that's right. And Mike, where are you with this? Uh, it's a combination of what everyone said so far. Um, it, it's just, it all fits perfectly so well. Um, every actor with their character, it doesn't feel like, um, you know, too child. They don't have to speak in a higher tone or a higher pitch. Um, they just, uh-huh. it just rolls off the tongue, so to speak. Um, and, I just watch, yeah, I just enjoy the dub one more. I I never got to watch it sub. <laughs> I, 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 excuse me. Oh, I no. suspect that it's good. 
<laughs> I do not have it. <laughs> no, 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 it's more like it's more like oh, the Capital View Up guys—they're getting you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Dub, um, I grew up with it. Um, I did interview uh, Stephen uh, Blum. This was during a different thing, um, but at uh, Comic Con once, and just to hear his voice, it was just like. Oh my gosh! I'm talking to Spike Siegel and all that stuff. So it was, it was listening to it dubbed. It just is just more uh, familiar with me. It feels like you know, it's something to go back to all the time, as opposed to the sub. Mm-hmm. Hey. Uh I have watched it <laughs> subtitled. Not that not that I'm cooler than you guys, <laughs> because <laughs> I freely admit that I, I watched. No, 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 because I completely understand where you guys are coming from. If you're introduced to the anime series with dub, then it that's just how it actually just sounds better that way, right? You know, it's like your first interpolation of it. So the well, example that I, I always say is Ranma one half. I grew up watching Ranma dubbed. And so even when I go and watch the Japanese versions of Ranma, I just don't like it as much as the as it as the English dubbed ones. But for Samurai Champloo and I'm sorry for for Cowboy Bebop and for basically all, for almost any other anime, because I have watched things basically subtitled since I was a kid minus Ranma, I just naturally am inclined to to go with uh, subtitled more than than dub. Um, but you guys are totally right. You know I've listened to the dub versions of Spike Spiegel, great voice casting. You know they they do get like the the intonations right and. Aaron, I think you brought up the Miyazaki stuff. You know, they also do a really good job. Kiki's delivery service, like for the Disney version, they have Phil Hartman as the cat, right? So yeah, yeah. it's it's like a fun romp. And, you know, you and I were surprised by The Secret World of Arietti when Will Arnett is like playing oh, yeah. the dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like super stoic. And yeah, it's a good job. So It's I too think... bad Will Arnett never did anything again in voice acting. I know. It's, it's very strange. <laughs> well, I mean, like... <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen those Reese's commercials. That kind of sounds like him, but it's probably not. That's uh, probably the only thing. <laughs> that is him. I think no, that is him. Yeah, yeah, it is him. But um, yeah, no. But Michael, you're also right in that there's this um, there's like this this like uh element of you don't have to try hard. Not that you're not trying hard. You don't have to try hard to like do like an Ash voice from like Pokemon or something like that, where it's a 14 year old, but it's like an adult, or like you know, there, there's nothing crazy about it. it's just a guy who speaks in a low voice so but i do and, watch it subtitled but um going back to the like the voice thing it, it's also i love how it's just the 26 episodes because um i'm not sure how it is for you mark but there isn't this big change in voice acting you I mean you could hear those sure. subtleties like for uh dragon ball z you could hear it change in like different mm-hmm. arts like oh so I don't know how that is with like Naruto or anything like that. If they have those similar changes, but um, it just that's why it feels so natural for Cowboy Bebop. It's just mm-hmm. those 26 episodes, and they didn't have to stay there for 10 years to record all those episodes. But yeah, totally. Yeah, 26. Well, is, uh, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna stay by myself on Subtitle Island here, yeah. and uh, I'll just wave to you guys as you guys pass by. Well, with all of that, I think we've done a pretty thorough uh, look at the Cowboy Bebop, although I... And I yet still, it wasn't enough. I was going to say, yeah. I think we could still like <laughs> go further if we really wanted to. So we'll, right. we'll keep this uh, keep this line open uh, for the future as far as what we can do as far as talking about Bebop. If we want to focus more on like something very specific about the show or its episodes, or talk about just the Spike Vicious we'll arc or what have you. 
or yeah, just or just play a yeah, just play a, an hour long game about uh, bounty yeah. head game. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but with all that said, as we wrap up here, uh, Mark Pace, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can find me at Pacman NR7 on Twitter and Instagram, and at Nerd Reactor on Twitter and Instagram as well. NerdReactor.com. Mike Lee, where can people find more of you? You guys can find me at uh, I am Michael J. Lee, both on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find my writing at geekdoom.com, that's it, LA, and PLC Culture. You can find me writing at wheelofentertainment.com. All my reviews are going over there right now. And I have everything that I do end up over at my blog as well, thecodazeek.com. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can, more, you can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash Walrus Moose, hashtag CS Space Cowboy. <laughs> find all the other episodes about now, Third Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Pretty much all over the web, HSWD, SoundCloud, Podomatic. Email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Right on Facebook, wildfacebook.com slash outnowpodcast or twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And be sure to visit our Instagram page as well, instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And if you like episodes like this and whatnot, uh, be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That'd be great also. Five stars! Thank you! Mark, Mike, thank you both for joining us to discuss Thank you both Bebop. for staying on longer than we anticipated. Hey, thank you for the invitation. This is, this, is, this is an awesome subject we're talking about, so anytime. Awesome. For sure. Thanks. Well, yeah, that's uh, going to do it for this uh, bonus Cowboy Bebop episode, but until next time, so long. And goodbye. Bang! Come on.